Bonjour, and welcome to a very special episode of Epri Unplugged, the podcast of the Electric Power Research Institute, recorded live from the Electrification Europe Summit here in Paris, France. We are going to talk to a number of electrification experts and those interested in the field from countries across Europe, North America, and around the world, taking a snapshot of where we stand in the process of electrification of a number of critical sectors of the global economy. As you know, end-use electrification is now possible in virtually every industrial sector. We've seen rapid technological change that has led to pervasive digitization and decentralization, dramatically increasing the range of electric technologies and applications that make economic sense, providing superior service at a lower cost for customers around the globe. There are affordable, efficient, and practical solutions that support a low-carbon and potentially carbon-neutral path forward while meeting today's customer energy needs. Continued research and development, broad-based coalitions, and diverse stakeholder engagement are critical to realizing the potential benefits of efficient electrification around the world. And that's exactly why we're here in Paris. This conference was the next step in this process of R&D, intentional regulation, targeted investment, and something that this podcast always aims to provide, critical thought leadership. We spoke to a number of folks to give you a taste of what took place here in Paris and the breadth of experience that was represented at this event. We'll get started off right with Willie Phillips. Chair of the Washington, D.C. Public Service Commission, who was here to learn about what he could take home to his constituents in D.C. and how his city can continue on their path forward towards efficient electrification. This is Willie Phillips. I'm the chairman of the Public Service Commission in the District of Columbia. Welcome to Paris. We're excited to have you here. Uh, this, uh, this forum is starting off today. We had a great uh, opening session talking about decarbonization and electrification and, and coupling them and making that happen. So what are you most excited to bring back so far to, to D.C.? So far, it's really been the framework that I've heard repeated several times. And people are talking about the three Ds. It's decarbonization, digitalization, and dynamic regulation. And that's something I think that will resonate with the stakeholders in the district. Excellent. And so what, what are the most incredible programs you're doing so far? And what are you looking forward to uh, bringing back to, to implement some of those Ds uh, in, in D.C.? And as chairman, I have three top priorities. Number one is grid modernization. Number two is infrastructure investment. And number three is community engagement. I think that having a framework like the 3Ds can be helpful within every aspect. With grid modernization in particular, we had one of the largest proceedings in the history of the D.C. Public Service Commission. We had over 200 unique organizations and individuals represented in a working group process where we focused on these types of deep decarbonization issues. So that's those are the things that I'm working on, and that's also the things that I'm excited about. Excellent. And so, what was the most challenging thing that you uh, that you came what, that came out of that process? What what you, what what surprised you, and what really uh, is still is still causing some issues for for all of you in DC? This is an open question, and it's uh, it's all of the above uh, process. So, what what's still tr- causing you trouble? You know, the thing that we we saw in the beginning it was a year long process, and everyone came to the table thinking they had all the answers and they had the right answers. Right. What we learned through the process is that you know what people thought they knew didn't always coincide with even what their close friends and colleagues thought 
And so we brought all these great minds together. We have a set of recommendations that the staff has put together in a proposed order. So as the commission works our way through those recommendations, we look to come out with some lessons learned, some implementation guidelines that can help us move grid modernization forward in the district. Excellent. So, and one of the major topics that was discussed in, in this morning's plenary session was, uh, was was one of economic justice and access and making sure that these incredibly new, incredible new programs and technologies that are being pushed forward in the research and development keeps things affordable. What 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 do you see as the the biggest opportunity to keep things affordable moving forward, uh, in, both in the district uh, and beyond uh, in the United States and, and globally? You know, it's what I heard the CEO of TVA say this morning. He said, if, if we can't do this work affordably, yeah. then he didn't think that we would be able to do it successfully. I have to say I agree with that 100%. And it's never far from my mind um, the low-income folks that we have. And we have quite a few in the District of Columbia. We have folks doing really well, too. Uh, so it's important that we don't forget about them. You know, the one thing we don't want to do is design a smart and modern system that leaves folks behind. That's something that I'm not going to allow to happen. and something that my colleagues, I say, I can speak for them, they would agree. Exactly, and then just, just as Jeff said in that, in that panel this morning that the, the last century's project was, was the first stage of electrification, and, and our, as we move forward into the 21st century, it is it is the next step of electrification, and that's what society will benefit from. Absolutely, absolutely. Excellent, well, thank you so much for your time. Ben Claren is an expert here at EPRI, uh, responsible for research and development in smart buildings, and advanced energy communities. He was here in Paris uh, sharing some of what he has learned uh, through his research and the work that we've been doing uh, around the United States and the globe on this issue. Hello everyone, this is Ben Claren. I'm a senior project manager at the Electric Power Research Institute, focused in on projects on advanced buildings and energy communities. Well, thanks Ben for stopping by and talking to us. Um, we're here in Paris, we're talking about electrification uh, with the goal of decarbonization of the economy. Uh, you do buildings, and uh, we heard earlier throughout this conference that buildings play an incredibly important role in uh, the future decarbonization and electrification. Uh, where do you see the biggest opportunity in buildings? So I see both opportunities and challenges in the building space. So there's a lot of opportunities in um, developing an infrastructure for new buildings that are being built. So think of buildings as a 30, 50 year resource or an asset for the utility if it's built correctly as far as a tool to enable decarbonization. However, it's not only important to understand where the opportunities are, it's also important to understand where the challenges will be in a lot of the buildings that will be part of the decarbonization goals and strategies are currently built today and they weren't built with electrification and decarbonization in mind. So trying to figure out actionable approaches and the technologies and market actors to solve that will be a big part of the challenge of meeting our 2040 or 2050 goals. Excellent. So uh, earlier today I was in one of the building meetings and we were hearing about heat pumps that just provide incredible opportunities to heat and cool buildings but also store energy. Uh, can you talk a little bit about uh, what the opportunities are in that space and also what are the challenges are for heat pumps and moving forward for you know heat storage and energy storage and cooling? So heat pumps is a very efficient technology as far as a way to not only um, improve the efficiency of the building but also improve the comfort of a particular mm -hmm. building. However, 
heat pumps itself have been around since the 1970s. So there's definitely challenges as far as mass market adoption, especially when it comes to manufacturers being able to um, create the next generation heat pump, um, the trades and the various different organizations that are going to need to install, operate, and support these particular technologies. So the challenges are, um, as we talk about the integration of buildings as far as um, meeting our 2050 decarbonization goals, mm -hmm. how do we work together as a society to better understand what are the challenges today and how to solve them with technology um, evolution or technology approaches of the future. Excellent. And so we're in Paris. It's beautiful. Buildings here are quite old. Uh, but uh, what do you see that you can take back to the United States, the projects that you're doing there, that you're seeing examples of here, or, or vice versa, things that you're seeing that are taking place in the United States and North America that could be applied here in Europe? I think here, here, in, here in Europe, here in Paris, not only can we take back the food because it's delicious <laughs> in these conferences, but we can also take back um, how they've been able to decarbonize the supply side of the grid. Um, France has a very, very low um, low GHG emissions of their particular supply side. Mm -hmm. um, and so therefore, the question is, is how do we start matching the demand side or how do we start um, matching, how do we get to the 2050 targets with both supply side solutions and demand side solutions? So that's something that we can learn from a lot of people, a lot of um, our folks out in Europe. Now, with the United States, some of the challenges that we have as far as actionable approaches and the work that EPRI is doing um, in the United States with a lot of the microgrid work, a lot of the advanced energy community work, um, we're looking at a lot of very, very interesting data sources that really ask the question of scale. So there's a lot of beautiful buildings here. I'm guessing they're not going to want to tear down these palaces. <laughs> so how to make not only the buildings that make sense, but maybe 10, 20, 30 years from now, how to make these buildings electrified or decarbonized is going to be something that we may be able to take some of our lessons learned right now in the United States to Europe. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for taking the time. Appreciate it. Oliver Dufault is an independent consultant for the aluminum industry, doing research in ways that that particular industry can utilize electrification technology to forward its goals of reducing its carbon footprint. My name is Olivier Dufour. I work with the energy sector. So what brings you to uh, electrification here? Well, I currently work a lot with the aluminum industry, which is uh, an industry that uses a lot of power. Uh, uh, I'm studying uh, long term where the power will come from and hopefully it will come from low carbon sources. Creates huge issues. It's difficult to get that power at an, an affordable rate. So I was interested uh, to hear what people here thought about how industry in general and aluminium in, in particular uh, can how it can contribute to integrate more renewable energy into the into the power grid. I mean, there was a, an interest uh, um, for basically uh, power storage in aluminium smelters. Excellent. We were just talking a little bit earlier about uh, the opportunity for demand response, especially within industry, and the the huge numbers of uh, of uh, kilowatt hours that could be saved. Uh, uh, could you tell us just a little bit about the opportunities that you think are available for, 
for the for the sector itself, both uh, both the industry and for the utility sector, to take advantage of uh, huge opportunities for for energy savings. Well, the, if you look at, uh, at renewable energy, it needs uh, a certain share of its capacity in storage. Um, like, you know, if, we, if you look at uh, wind farms, uh, 1,000 megawatts, for instance, it would need uh, roughly uh, 300 megawatts of flexible power. Uh, an aluminum smelter is typically uh, 300 megawatts. It has the capacity with some minor changes in the in the in the factory to basically switch off. So uh, and and restart uh, when necessary. So uh, basically, it acts as a virtual battery. Uh, it will consume less when there is less electricity in the in the network. It can consume more when there is more electricity in the network. Long term, it means that it could facilitate the integration of renewable energy. But the problem today is that there is not really a market for that. There is not long-term visibility for those uh, for those capacities. Uh, the, the the market is going into the direction of more storage with batteries, uh, real batteries, uh, and that looks like it's the way that the market is going. It's not considering enough, in in my opinion, the possibility of demand side response from uh, big industries such as aluminium. Excellent. So it, it, it's another one of the opportunities to to, to take the all of the above approach that uh, we've been hearing all about over the course of, of today and, and, and here at the conference. And actually, what it would take would be. Uh, uh, stakeholder, you know, discussions with uh, stakeholders coming from uh, all different parts of the businesses coming together. I think uh, there is a standard approach that says, well, we're going to compete. You know, nuclear is going to compete with wind. That is going to compete with LNG, uh, and then uh, you know, storage is it competing with LNG? From my perspective, what I see when you when you look at the numbers ahead of us in terms of energy consumption worldwide and our you know the targets in terms of uh, decarbonization is that all the all the stones need need to be turned around and we should be looking at you know not competing against each other but working together to make uh, you know a grid that is as smart as possible and that is uh, using as as little CO2 as possible and uh, and costing less money. Well, thank you very much for stopping in and talking with Every Unplug. Now we'll hear from Lucie Carriot, who is a uh, French in energy efficiency expert and person interested in these issues. She was attending the conference to learn more uh, and get some exposure to some of the international uh, experts in this field. Hi, I'm Lucie Carriot. Uh, I'm France, French, uh, but I just came back from the U.S. Uh, and I'm Excellent. So we just wrapped up our conference here in, in Paris. Uh, what was the most interesting thing that you're taking home? I think I really enjoyed uh, hearing all the different point of view of different industries, uh, whether it's you know utilities and uh, energy providers and uh, producers, but also the actual you know industries that use that energy, uh, you know like uh, Valeo and, and Safran. So that was great to have that spectrum of all the uh, 
producers and users of energy and how they try to electrify the, the whole uh, usage. Yeah. And as a, as a European who spent some time in the United States and now back here in Europe, um, speaking from the energy efficiency side of things, um, where do you see the biggest opportunities both as a consumer and as someone interested in the industry? Um, well, I think for energy efficiency, I think that the biggest um, uh, opportunity I think will be to uh, really uh, communicate more uh, to the consumers, whether they are you know individual consumers uh, or industries, because I feel that this is still a topic that it's not super uh, sexy, uh, if you can say that. Uh, we talk a lot about you know renewables and uh, how to green uh, the grid. Uh, but efficiency is still, you know, people don't really know what it means uh, for their own day-to-day uh, -day usage. So I think that's, you know, the, the biggest challenge, like communicating about it. Excellent. And moving forward, what are you most excited about that you learned about here today? Or yesterday? Yeah. Uh, what I, I enjoy to have that track actually on the, uh, the uh, industry and how, you know, those companies are trying to improve their processes or totally change their processes to uh, change the way they use energy. Um, so that's that really kind of, uh, that I, I never really uh, heard about it before in my previous positions. Uh, so that was really an exciting thing to see that, you know, those industries are really trying to change. Um, and you also have companies like ABB that uh, have the tools to like make that happen. So that, that was very exciting. Very exciting. Really an interesting opportunity. So thanks yeah. so much for speaking with us. Sure. Thank you. It was hard narrowing down the people I invited to be on this episode of the podcast. I also wanted to speak with Dr. Veronica Wilk of the Austrian Institute of Technology about her fascinating work exploring applications of very large heat pumps that utilize wasted heat from industrial processes, but she was off to the airport before we could connect. What she brought to this event and the excitement she exhibited while presenting her research on this topic was emblematic of all the participants here in Paris. We are faced with a complex problem of reducing the carbon impact of critical industries through electrification. And this is going to be very difficult. However, people around the world, like Dr. Wilk uh, and the folks that you heard from on this episode, are among thousands of others who are working to apply technically sound solutions to these issues right now, today, around the globe. Events like this not only show us a path forward and provide opportunities to exchange ideas, but they give us hope for a brighter and electrified future. I'd like to thank our co-hosts, EDF, and our sponsors, EY, ABB, John Cockrell, Atos, Schneider Electric France, and Safran. I'd also like to thank the EPRI Unplugged team, executive producer and host, Amy Mills, editor and technician, Matthew Oakley, and uh, post-production and marketing, Frank Ciano. Remember to subscribe to Epri Unplugged on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And until next time, we are shaping the future of electricity.